Welcome to the NBA Odds Pod, the sports gambling podcast network's number one NBA podcast. Sure. I say it's the number one podcast, and you're like, is there another NBA podcast on the sports gambling podcast network? No, which means technically I'm number one. Those are the contests that I love entering most. The one where I am the only one playing. I am your host, Ryan McKee. You can follow me on Twitter at the Ryan McKee, on Instagram at Ryan McKee, and on BetSperts at McKee. Uh, also, chat with me anytime on our Slack channel, sportsgamblingpodcast.slack.com. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.slack.com. It's a place where hashtag Dgens only can feel like hashtag demigods only. I am going to admit, I took me a while to uh, look up demigods today. It's embarrassing how long I thought about that tagline. I, I'm not an especially smart man. I went to Arizona State University, you know, like James Harden, um, which explains why neither of us use largest vocabularies, and why we both make it rain in strip clubs. Albeit, I with much smaller bills than him, I imagine. Um, let's be honest, I, I'm making it rain with like nickels and dimes. Um, I was asked to leave the strip club be because the coins I was throwing up were injuring Brandy and Destiny and, and Roxy and Halo. Halo, which, true story, that was the last stripper I met in Vegas. Her name was Halo. After the video game. Yep. Okay. Let's back on track. I, I just have more nervous energy than normal this week because the NBA season is officially starting. In fact, by the time you listen to this, you have already watched the Clippers versus the Lakers and Raptors versus the Zionless Pelicans. I believe that's what we have to call them until Zion comes back. We have to say the whole thing, Zionless Pelicans. We can't just call them Pelicans. Zionless Pelicans. And if you would please uh, give me a moment to be sincere, I really appreciate you listening. And, and for those of you who took the time to reach out after episode one with some positive feedback, I thank you. I honestly expected to get way more haters, but everyone has been real cool. I'm sure that'll last forever, right? No one will ever say anything bad about this podcast. Um, but honestly, uh, positive negative, whatever your feedback, I will continue to work hard for you out there and I will get more comfortable with this process and this podcast will continue getting better. Okay, uh, for the second NBA Odds Pod episode, I am going to start by talking with NBA handicapper Zach Broner. Zach's been contributing to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and delivering those sweet, sweet free picks you all love so much. Uh, you can follow him at at NBA Zach B. That's at NBA ZACHB on Twitter. Zach and I will be talking about the games he's eyeing for week one and the teams he's looking to fade early. Uh, after that, we also look at mybookie.ag's odds for the MVP and Rookie of the Year awards and give you our best bets. In the second half of the podcast, I'll be speaking with Chris Giordani, our resident fantasy and DFS expert at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, Chris is 
going to break down some fantasy basketball players you should look for on your waiver wire and give his opinions on the blood feud of the century. Bogdan Bogdanovich versus Bohan Bogdanovich. But real fast, I just wanted to tell you, NBA Odds Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor the start of basketball season, MyBookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. Again, that's promo code SGP. $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Pay, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Amazon. Log into SportsGamblingPodcast.com and click on the Amazon banner. Make sure you bookmark it and use it every time you shop to score sweet savings and support the podcast. What are you looking forward to on that huge slate on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the the big thing for betting in, in week one and stuff like that is really to try to play off of the summer narratives. Um, because I, I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's not as much to go off of. So you kind of want to get a sense for... You know, whether it's on your Twitter timeline or listening to different people talk is what teams are a little overhyped, what teams are a little underhyped and kind of along that, those lines. The first game on the slate that I liked uh, right away, and obviously without numbers, but a, a spot that I circled is Chicago at Charlotte. Um, I think the Chicago mm-hmm. team, if if you've been following all summer, everyone has them as, as, a, as a sneaky playoff team or, or a sneaky good team um getting Levine back healthy getting marketing back back healthy um right. and I like that Kobe White he's been really fun to watch in preseason he, he has been fun to watch and, and, and I do like their team you know a little bit but but I, but I think this is a team that has a lot of noise around it and they're going up against a Charlotte team that with kind of the way they mishandled the whole Kemba situation has been much maligned in the offseason mm-hmm. I don't think they're as bad as everyone says if you look at their starting five with you know guys like Rozier, Batum, Zeller, Marvin Williams, those are professional players. Are they play- starting Bacon this year? They, yeah, they, they, like they're starting Bacon at the two. But just in general, um, this kind of felt like a spot where it's a super underhyped team in Charlotte and a team that everyone is saying is going to be the worst team in the league and a Bulls team that's a, that that I feel like has a lot of noise around it. Um, mm-hmm. So. If the number comes out right, that's a spot that that I'll be looking at on a Wednesday night. Okay. Looking at Charlotte right now. All right. I like that. What do you got next? Yeah. So the next game I'm looking at is uh, also Wednesday night. It's going to be Minnesota. Um, Obviously, again, depending on the line, but Minnesota at Brooklyn. Uh, This Brooklyn team, I I, I really want to fade them early. Um, Coming off of the crazy China trip last week. And um, not only were they unable to practice for a couple of days there, but also Kyrie Irving. And um, I think a couple other guys have been in and out, in and out of practice for them. Um, if you look at kind of the, the massive turnover on their roster, plus the sort of uncertainty with, with KD um, out, but meanwhile being a huge part of their summer, um, it's going to be a complete adjustment for this team. Kyrie, even though I do like what he's going to bring to Brooklyn, and, and this is a team that I, I actually think can surprise some people, I want to fade them early in the year because of how much of a seismic shift their offense is going to undergo with bringing in Kyrie. Um, so not only looking to fade Brooklyn, but I, I, I like this Minnesota team. 
um, in terms of just roster continuity. And, and this is a team that, that they, they love playing for Ryan Saunders. He came in at the end of last year, installed his system. Um, they spent a lot of time together this offseason, one summer league. And, you know, with that sort of Towns, Covington, Wiggins core, regardless of how you feel about it, they, they've played together before, that, and this is a big year for them. Um, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, not going to be able to cover Cat. I, I like that matchup a lot for for Cat and, and this their season opener. He'd be a good one to look for on your uh, DSS slate, DFS slates that night. I think I think Cat on Wednesday that's going to be a great DFS play. I, I mean, he's a guy too. I mean, I know we're going to talk about MVP later this year, but but I think he's poised to have a, a massive year this year. How about you? This has been a team that has disappointed every year for the last like however many years. Um, but I do feel like this is a make or break year for them to keep cat happy i mean they have to play well this year yeah. uh otherwise he's gonna be really wanting to push out of there soon yeah and and you combine that with the uh slam magazine piece this week that had him and, and booker and russell i i the, the, the thing about minnesota i, I i'm gonna be honest i, I kind of got sucked into like their mm-hmm. hype train this summer um i know they like took a trip to the bahamas and and stuff like that i don't know if that that doesn't mean a lot to everyone but but i do feel like in terms of continuity from last year bring in new gm and that they've sort of invested in that culture so i like them in that okay. spot and is there a possibility that this nets team is just an absolute dumpster fire at least to start off the year yeah i think there is i i, I mean where do you where do you stand on Kyrie? i feel like he was such a cancer to the locker room last year that i it could really go either way i think he could come in he could pretend to be happy at first and then can go sideways real quick if they don't start winning right away. Yeah. It's, it's tough because at the same time too, is like the nets were a fun, you know, pretty democratic team last year. And, and that, and that clashes with the style that KD and Kyrie are bringing. Um, so that, I think it's really hard to, 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 to see which way this team might go because, you know, it's a complete clash of styles with the players they brought in and the system that kind of made them what they, what they were last year. So it'll be interesting to see how Atkinson handles it. Yeah. It's just really um, hard to see how this team is going to play around that style. Cause it's all going to be Kyrie hero ball. Right. And I feel like the players that we got excited about last year, like Allen and Karis LeVert, they're just going to be standing around watching him do his thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and, and that's why I, I kind of think, especially in the in the first couple of weeks of the season this is a fade worthy team because you know Kyrie's not going to fit in week 1 and may, maybe things mesh as the season goes along but like you say I think it's going to be you know Kyrie iso okay then it's a little bit like okay it's my turn now so then it's Levert iso and that kind of disjointed type of basketball that 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 isolation superstars can sometimes bring teams to uh, look at fading early on so far we've got the Bulls and we have got the Nets who do you like next yeah, so the the next spot I had uh, circled, I think it's Thursday night, is um, Atlanta at Detroit. Um, uh, one thing just to note here is Detroit will be co- playing the first back to back that anyone's had in the season, so that could be something to look at in terms of line value. Um, but it, I, I also think, kind of similar to Chicago, this Atlanta team's a bit overrated, and especially if you want to talk DFS, uh, Atlanta just has. No answer defensively for Blake and Andre Drummond. Um, and, and Detroit at home, it's kind of a veteran group. And 
it's going to be their home opener. And, and this is definitely a big year for basketball in Detroit. I mean, they made the playoffs last year, bring in D Rose, um, second year of Dwayne Casey, kind of a make or break year for uh, this era, I guess, of Pistons basketball. It's kind of on the line this year or whether they, you know, keep going all in or do they, do they make a move for the future? Um, Am I and, wrong to be excited about this Pistons team? I look at this roster and I loved watching them last year. I liked them a lot too. And, and if Blake's healthy, um, you know, I, I think they're up there in that second tier. In the I mean, East. he quietly had one of his best seasons last year. And I feel like he's starting to learn how to play as an older player, not without being as physical and crashing around. I think the the trajectory for Blake is going to be a little softer. I, I, I know what you're saying, but... Like he he shot seven threes a game last year, and, and and that's from a guy who you know earlier in his career was someone who all we thought he could mm-hmm. do was dunk. Um, so you know if, if he continues to, you know, shoot just under ten threes a game at that thirty five plus percent shooting, um, I think he can sort of add a nice little moonlight at the end of his career. And look, it's, if if you want to go back to the, this Atlanta team, I mean. They're also, you know, a young team with a lot of hype that a lot of people are excited about. I, I, I just don't see it on the defensive end. I don't understand why people are as excited about them as they are. What, what do you see? Like, what's the upside there? I mean, the upside, I, the, the thing, they have a lot of nice names is a thing. For, so for people who follow college basketball, like, I feel like they're an easy team to fall in love with in the NBA because of how many big name guys, like, like in Collins, Trey, Herder, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, like everyone knows those names. Look, I, I I like what they have on offense. There, there's no denying it. I'm not a huge fan of Trey Young, but there's no denying, you know, what he brings to the table. Who would you? Who do you like more this year, Atlanta or Orlando? Orlando. Yeah, me too. And 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 so like that's the kind of thing. Like at the bottom half of the East, I I still would take all those other like middling teams that people like to criticize in the East mm-hmm. over this Atlanta team. And like you say, I, I think they're closer to the bottom of the league and they are to the middle of the league. I, that makes sense. I agree with you. I would uh, look to fade them early on as well. Uh, because you're right. People are excited about them. They're excited about the names, but I think they're more like a fantasy basketball team rather than like a real basketball team, you know, like get excited about the names, yeah. get those guys on your teams. They'll put up stats, but I don't see them winning a lot of games. I totally agree. All right, great. Do you have another game? Yeah. The last one I have is uh, the Clippers at the Warriors also Thursday night. I, I, I'm high on this Warriors team because I, I really like D'Angelo Russell, but there's no denying that they just looked absolutely awful in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to say that they'll figure it out, but they legitimately do not have an NBA caliber small forward or center on their roster at this moment for 48 minutes. I, I, I like Looney, but, you know, he's never shown he can do it more than 20 minutes a game. Yep. And the the downside of Draymond Green's offensive game has been so highlighted without Clay and KD to help create spacing. His inability to shoot is going to be very much, you know, in the public eye this year. Compare that to a Clippers team who, even without Paul George, obviously brings so much to the table and, the, you know, being eliminated by the Warriors last year and the first game in the Chase Center, it just feels like a letdown spot for the Warriors, even though, you know, it's their first game. Like, you know, they, they haven't played together and um, there's too much on Steph's shoulders, in my opinion, without any meshing in their offense. Um, you know, they're going to ask Steph to play like James Harden. And, and I don't think he, he has that, especially with Pat, especially with Pat Beverly guarding him. 
Great. Well, speaking of Steph Curry, that transitions very well into the next thing I wanted to talk about, and that's MVP odds. We've got Steph right now at plus 500. We have um, Giannis at uh, plus 280, James Harden at plus 650, LeBron at plus uh, 950, and uh, Anthony Davis at plus 300. What are you liking right now in those MVP odds? I want to say Giannis. I mean, I, I feel like if the, if the Bucks have the one seed in the East – and and he does what he did last year. Um, there's a lot of sort of cannibalism that we're going to see amongst the other top candidates. If LeBron and AD both have huge years, Harden is going to be eaten a little bit by Russ, you know, Kawhi and PG. So I think Giannis is a, a ticket that you want to have if you're betting the MVP market. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to me, it's really just the narrative guys that I want to take long shots on. And so that would mean, you know, the clear best player on a surprise one or two seed. Mm-hmm. My, my, my favorite amongst those is Jokic. I don't have the odds in front of me, but... Uh, let's see. We got Jokic right now at uh, plus 1,300. Yeah, I, I like that because... because got Embiid at uh, plus 1,300 as well. Embiid, Embiid, I'm a little bit more concerned about the health. There's there's actually... What's, uh, what's Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons is at uh, plus 5,000. See, I, I kind of like that, honestly. I, I mean... If, if Embiid gets hurt and the Sixers are, are what everyone thinks they're – the Sixers are, are still what everyone thinks they're going to be, I don't have that long shot of Ben Simmons because I, I don't really see Embiid doing it for 82 games in the way that you need to to win an MVP. But, yeah, for Jokic, like, if the Nuggets are the one seed and, and he does, you know, 23, 12, and 8, there's a pretty good shot. that And, and that's kind of what we've seen the last couple of years. Like, with Giannis last year, obviously – he had an MVP worthy season, but part of it was that the Bucks kind of came out of nowhere to be the best team in the East. Right. Absolutely. Um, somebody you mentioned earlier that you like is Cat. He is at plus uh sixty five hundred. Any interest there? Um, not really. I mean, I don't I, I don't see Minnesota making the playoffs, which is which is which is why it's so tough. Um mm-hmm. but that, there's no denying. I, I think Cat's gonna have a monster year, but but I, I do think with so many, like there's so many big names right now in the NBA, that it's gonna take being in the public eye every night the entire season to win it, and and sort of a sustained effort across 82 games. And to me, that 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 now requires being a contention for a top three seed in your conference, and that's been that's been proven throughout. I think that. MVP can't MVP mm-hmm. winners almost exclusively come from top five playoff teams. Absolutely. Uh, that being said, any interest in Kawhi at plus one thousand? Not really. And, and, and or is it going to be like a load management thing with him? You think he's just there's not a load play management thing with him? I, I also I think am I'm not as confident that the Clippers are going to be a top top three team in in the West as as everyone else is. I know. I mean, I actually picked them as one of my unders, not because I don't think they'll be good, but I just I think their total will set at like uh, 54 and a half. And I just don't think that they're going to try to win that many games. I don't think they're as concerned with coming in as a top seed. They're going to want to rest. their Yeah, guys. that that first of all, yes, that. And second of all, am I crazy or like is Kawhi? I, I honestly feel like Kawhi has gotten a little bit overrated as a result of the last year's playoff run. And and that's to say, like, before the playoffs last year, I don't know anybody who had Kawhi, uh, who thought of Kawhi over, you know, KD, LeBron, Giannis, Steph, 
uh, James Harden. Oh, you're right. Nobody was talking about him as the best player in the league until after. Until, the exactly. And, and so no doubt he's a no doubt top, top, you know, seven, eight player, whatever you want to say. Um, but yeah, in, in my mind, LeBron and AD is just so much clearly better than, than Kawhi and, and Paul George. I don't know if that's, if that's an insane take to you, but like a healthy LeBron has, has proven, you know, for whatever the last 10 years. And, and I, I hate LeBron, but like a, a healthy LeBron has just been in my mind, you know, in the playoffs so far and away, the best player in the league. Um, and so mm-hmm. dominant and, and AD too, especially the way they looked in the preseason, I, I kind of see the Lakers in a, in a class of their own. And then behind that, I would throw the Clippers in with every, with, you know, the Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets. Great. Um, okay. So uh, as we're talking right now, uh, Zion uh, was just injured in his, um, last I saw, is he's going to be out for a couple weeks. And um, he's still at minus 400 for rookie of the year odds. Is it just too soon to say anything based off of this injury? Or is he just, is it a bet on anyone else just throwing away your money? I don't know. I, I mean, I think if he plays the whole, if he plays the majority of the season, probably. Um, but I'm really worried about his ability to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, he just, he, what is he like 285 or or 265? Yeah. I mean, he's so big. And I just feel like that's so much weight coming down on his knees as hard as he plays. I, I you know, I definitely think we should be worried. Yeah, about no, him. I, I, I definitely am. I, I mean, Look, in and out of summer league, kind of sketchy, gets hurt, um, comes back, dominates for a few games, and then is hurt again. Um, it's just not the type of red flags you want to see. And it, it, yeah, I mean, we saw his shoe explode. Yeah, yeah. That just shows you how much torque he's putting on his, uh, his legs. I feel like at this point, there's a non zero chance that, th- that this turns into, a, you know, one of those lost season type years where there keeps. You know, like I remember when Embiid was in his first couple of years where it's like, OK, he's out for two weeks. All right. There's been a setback. Or, I mean, it just kind of feels like we're building towards that. Um, maybe mm-hmm. maybe not. That, that's that's not coming from any information, just coming from kind of my feel for the situation. If we're worried about him being injured, uh, might want to throw a couple bucks on. We've got uh, Morant at. Uh, plus 250, R.J. Barrett at plus 700, Michael Porter Jr. at uh, plus 4,000. Are you liking any of those names? I'm. I, I was going to look at the next guy, which was Darius Garland at plus four, uh, plus forty five hundred. Um, really? Okay. I think he's going to have every chance to play thirty five minutes a game in Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. in, in John Beeline is going to have a much more liberal sort of offensive system with a lot of space. Um, and, and Garland kind of has all the tricks to, you know, average twenty as a rookie and, and kind of have a Trey Young type season. Um, you know, keep in mind last year, Trey Young, if not for Luca, you know, being a historically good rookie, you know, also, you know, we had a pretty good Kansas City rookie of the year. Um, so I kind of like the idea of Garland in beeline system and he's kind of John ja Morant, but at a completely different number, John ja Morant's plus mm-hmm. 250 Darius Garland, 45 to one. That mismatch in pricing to me is not equivalent to the mismatch in talent, and they're going to have the same opportunity to go out and prove it. Um, so, so Garland is, it is is one I actually really like, and and I'm thinking about betting myself. Oh wow, okay, that's a uh, good one to look at. I might put a few dollars on that as well. Uh, looking at 
the names. Is there anybody else that stands out for you on a long shot? Uh, another one I, I, I looked at is Rui Hachimura, 50 to 1. Um, just another guy in terms of the situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Washington, you know, despite the Bradley Beal extension, is kind of in a future looking mode. And Rui should have every opportunity to play. Um, so, you know, I feel like he. I, He's a name that I look forward to watching this season. I mean, I don't expect to be queuing up the Wizards a ton on my league mm-hmm. pass, but uh, when I do, he's definitely going to be a name I'm looking out for uh, as you know, as well as Bradley Beal, obviously. But uh, he seems like an interesting player this yeah, season. Yeah, and, and he's got a super refined game and kind of that three-slash-four bigger, powerful wing that, that, that can have a lot of success in the NBA uh, scoring based on matchup. So, you know, that's another guy that could, you know, he could theoretically average 15, 17 points a game for the Wizards. And, you know, some years, maybe maybe that's enough to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, Well, great. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to throw out there before I let you go? Um, I just think if you're looking at at, at sort of the board and... I, I think Lakers to win the title is is my favorite my favorite bet on the board. Really? Yeah, and, and they're the odds on favorite, but to me, I just think LeBron and AD, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's not equal to the other duos in the league, in my opinion. I, I think it's far and away better. And and they put together a pretty nice supporting cast um around it. And I just think LeBron, um, you know, as much as I've rooted rooted against him in my career, there's no doubting um what he brings to the table when he's determined and at his best. Everyone give it up for Zach. You can follow him at at NBA Zach, Zach with an H, B. At NBA Zach with an H and then B. Before we get to our next guest, I just want to remind you, MyBookie is the presenting sponsor of this podcast and all the great free content you'll find over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. It's actually just using my bookie tonight to place my bets for the first night of NBA action. Uh, I took the under on the total score of Pelicans versus Raptors. That's under 231 and a half. I also took the under on the Lakers versus the Clippers under 227. And you know, you're listening to this in the future. So you already know whether I won or lost. Uh, I also took uh, Toronto Raptors minus six and a half and I took the Lakers minus two because, you know, Paul George still banged up. LeBron's going to want to come out hot. Every bet you need to make, it's all there. MyBookie.ag. And remember, they're offering up to $1,000 first deposit bonus using promo code SGP. That's right. Up to $1,000. Just all you have to do, sign up, put $1,000. You get another $1,000 as long as you use the promo code SGP at mybookie.ag to play, win, and baby, you paid. Okay, right now we're welcoming on the podcast DFS and fantasy basketball expert, Chris Giordani. How's it going, Ryan? Uh, Going well, going well, thank you. Uh, Where can people follow you and uh, tell us about your podcast? For sure. Well, you can check me out over on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, of course. And also on Twitter, at Topher Squints, that's T-O-P-H-E-R-S-Q-U-I-N-T-S. And also, the podcast is the Chris's Piss podcast. Uh, mainly a lot of DFS talk, but I get into just the the array of sports that are current, of course, and 
I, I vent frustrations from uh, Hence, I'd like Chris to... is pissed. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. But it's mm-hmm. it's with a, a happy twinge, I suppose. Okay, so uh, Chris and I just did a fantasy a season long fantasy draft, ten team roto league. Uh, but nobody cares about our draft. Um, nobody wants to hear you talk about our own teams. But we are going. We're, we're assuming that most listeners have done their fantasy drafts by the time you're listening to this so we are going to talk uh potential pickups on your waiver wire uh guys to watch out for who might overperform their draft position and just general thoughts that chris has on the season Uh, i sent him a few names the first name i sent you chris and i when i was going through different fantasy basketball rankings Mm -hmm. i i the one that stuck out as the biggest difference in rankings is Pascal Siakam. I saw him as high as like 26, and then I saw him as low as 54. Uh, that's like a big difference, I feel like, in fantasy basketball rankings. What do you think that is about? I would have to I, I attribute that directly to the Kawhi effect. Uh, him leaving, people immediately assume the team is just going to fall off a cliff would be my guess based on, I mean, you're looking at what is that in a 12 team league? That would be like a two and a half round drop off. That's pretty significant. And it shows some scarcity on behalf of the draftees. Uh, so if, if looking at his per game, I don't have his time on the floor without Kawhi as of last season, but I can tell you straight up his usage went through the roof uh any of those times and looking just at the difference from the year prior he's up 11 almost 12 minutes uh per game he actually played one less game uh from last year to the year prior but that doesn't matter it's all about the usage and the time right so then the other thing is people i think are scared of the pace played in toronto they we're one of the slowest teams in the league last year uh, on pace. But right. a, a portion of that was Kawhi and I feel like in load management. And if you're going to run a team through Pascal Siakam, I assure you the pace is going to rise. Ky- I mean, Kyle Lowry isn't going to be a shoot first guy. So mm-hmm. I believe they're going to feed the ball to Siakam and that will go up. Okay. And so you think that the Raptors will actually have a much quicker pace of play this year? I think it'll definitely go up, especially with you have OG Ananobi. Uh, he's someone who people are now talking about. Actually, uh, Ananobi was the next guy I was going to talk to you about. Uh, he was supposed to be the breakout candidate last year, ended up having some injuries, not playing a lot. Siakam ended up stepping up. Ended up being the breakout star for that well, team. Putting him what up. do you we expect from Ananobi this year? Well, I think that's because he's going undrafted he's in a lot of going to be in the starting unit up there with Pascal Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry, and Gasol. I think his minutes should certainly be much more consistent. We're not just going to see him in filler roles uh, during blowouts and such because that's kind of where we saw more of him and even Van Vliet actually parts of the season but and also you don't have that lingering load management of when is Kawhi playing and it, that affects your starting roster naturally and all the usage that goes around it uh it's got to go somewhere I believe Siakam will eat up a lot of it and based on Ananobi's 
promising ceiling. I think he's actually going to be a breakout play this year. I think he kind of trended towards that just socially last year. But, you know, yeah, he looked fantastic in his rookie year, but that's in the minimal time time played also. So it's really going to be contingent on his what we see in his usage on that starting unit alongside uh, Siakam there. This is going back to the pace of play. I, I do believe that goes up with Lowry and Van Vliet on the floor. And I believe his usage goes up. I believe Ananobi is a promising enough play to definitely be drafted. Great. Okay, the next name I wanted to bring up to you is another name who isn't being drafted in a lot of leagues, uh, but is coming up as a possible uh, breakout candidate. Tim Hardaway Jr. Do we like him on the I Mavericks? Think Does he have a him shifting a over from what the do we Knicks expect from him this and year? Playing now in Dallas, I mean, they both have similar ranked pace for last season they were 19th the Mavericks overall and the Knicks were 17th so you're looking at middle of the pack uh pace Knicks were 100.16 Mavericks were 99.6 this with alongside Doncic is the biggest thing Doncic being the is it Dantic is it Dantic or Doncic I've always heard uh, Luka Doncic we probably sound like idiots to a lot of listeners right now but Lu- Someone write in. Let us know. I, I've heard all last season it was Doncic, but hey, anyhow. Doncic, okay. Um, I think him working in with Tim Hardaway is going to help Hardaway specifically. So last season, he averaged with Dallas. He was he obviously got traded there. So he was down on points from the Knicks, 15.5 to 19.1 in those partial seasons of play. But I... See, his field goals uh, percentage went up in Dallas. Also, I believe with having a player like Luca, it, people who don't understand that how multifaceted that guy is and how he is going to help everyone around him, the Knicks, he didn't have that there. So naturally, he was more inclined to average more points. And granted, that was a small sample size too. So, yeah. But regardless, that's indicative of. When he had time on the court, and that was, I mean, if you want to talk about a crazy rotation every night, go look at the Knicks from last year. But you never knew who you were going to get. So with Dallas, he'll have more consistent time. And also, I I feel like Doncic not being, or Doncic, whichever. We'll call him Luka. Luka. There we go. Uh, isn't shoot first necessarily. So I I feel like this is going to help this shooting guard over in Dallas. Uh, I would just think that he's worth taking a flyer on at the end of your draft or uh, a po- more likely a pickup target because most people have done their draft. Well, and yeah, also I find it hard to believe that he would go undrafted, but according to you, he is. So he went undrafted in the 10 team league that we just did. And right now uh, the rankings I'm looking at has him at 155 behind PJ Tucker Right ahead of Alfred Payton, Zuach, and Tyler Hero. Mm, nah, he's definitely higher than that to me. Uh, who was the first name you you said he was down there with? He's one spot behind PJ Tucker. Yeah, that's insulting. I, I and this is in Roto rankings, but 
So maybe they just have PJ on there for steals, I guess. I don't know. And Hardaway, he's really just going to fill up one category for you in points, correct? Yeah. Well, he's he's definitely going to be uh, point dominant. He's he's shoot so first. So of these names, who do you like better as potential pickup targets? Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie Jackson, Ananobi, Bobby Portis, DeAndre Hunter, Tucker, Hardaway, Alfred Payton, Zubac, Tyler Hero. I'm skeptic on the – I don't know how much Tyler Harrow is going to be – really used i mean we have to wait and see uh but jimmy butler there so on and so forth um i love i love hardaway you would leave him on the waiver wire right now in in a 10 team league yeah i i would go after a tim hardaway first probably um og on an ob as well but who are a couple of the other ones you just uh reggie jackson bobby portis I love uh, Bobby Portis. He's got extremely high upside. If you're playing in head-to-head leagues, that would be, I, I would definitely say, a bench filler for you. And it, I don't know how much he'll work into uh, a rotisserie format success for you, but just based on consistency. But he is awesome when he plays to his fullest. Let's say that. And worth a flyer. Great. All right, I'm going to throw out some um, some other sleepers that people like. I'm going to name. I'll throw out four names. Uh, go ahead and grab on anyone you want. We've got JJ Redick, Lonzo Ball, Mikael Bridges, Jonathan Isaac. Well, I can first tell you, I believe the Pelicans may have too many guards to feed. Redick, I think, will be probably the more consistent of the two. Lonzo Ball scares me with prior shoulder knee ankle injuries uh you're looking at really i'm hopeful for him this year but i might just be drinking the wrong kool-aid well i i think people in general are kind of hopeful for him in a new scenario i i'm not rooting against him but in terms of being a fantasy owner i would be scared of investing there uh i especially in a, a shallow league so yeah here's the thing he played 47 games last season and 52 the year prior i need to see a little more there uh before rolling dice on someone who's that injury prone uh but who do you like better reddick or sadaransky they're being ranked right now on the same level i suppose i would sadaransky is gonna start right now he's starting over chris dunn Okay, then in that case, I'd go Sadoransky. But that's only contingent on the starting position there. Yeah. If and You like Redick better as a player? I do. That's just me. But I feel like he's got a little more in terms of upside nightly where you see peaks and valleys. Well, I mean, you do with him too, but Sadoransky, I'm... I've been burned by maybe that's just the DFS side of me coming out, but yeah, he, yeah. In a starting position though. Yeah. I would favor him of course, but I, yeah, see, I would take Sadoransky over Reddick. I would also take Mikhail Bridges over both of them, but I am a son's homer as I've talked about previously on this podcast. I, when he's being used, he's, he's great, but, and he was actually the only son to play all 82 games uh, last season. Right. So on that note, yeah, if 
his usage goes up. Yeah. And when, cause he did, his usage was prominent when there were injuries to Booker. If he, if he gets worked into the offense more, I, I definitely believe he shows promise in terms of it, several categories. If you look at, let's see his field goal percentage, he's uh four thirty for last year. And then, and this was within 29 and a half minutes played. He gets sti- uh, one one point six steals per game, two point one assists. That's he's well rounded, but the, granted eight point three points per game. They got to get him usage. That's that's the key there. Great. What? All right. Um, the Bogdanoviches, Bohan <laughs> is Bohan Bogdanovich and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Who do you like better? <laughs> The question everybody wants to know. I, I I personally like Bogdan better in Sacramento. Bogdan, really? I think you're in the minority. Yeah, that's I'm usually contrarian, so that's he's I believe in a better situation pace wise. Uh, Bojan now over in Utah, they they're quicker than most people would assume their pace, but their pace is still down there let me see last season yeah they were middle of the pack in pace yeah this can i guess be okay for bojan but it the thing is is you've got donovan mitchell you've got uh gobert i he's not going to be the first shooter on the floor bogdan shoots the ball in sacramento and does it quite well from three point land and their, their pace of play. They're the third highest pace in the league uh, last year. It's crazy that we have two Bogdanoviches who aren't related to each other in the league. Like if, if my last name was Bogdanovich and I was coming from Serbia and I'm like, finally, I am going to be the only Bogdanovich in this place. Suddenly there's another guy with almost the exact same name. Yeah, maybe it's their Smith. I don't know. And I like, how it was just Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like I'd be like, my name being Ryan Ryanovich, <laughs> wouldn't I? Which I think I'm I'm gonna go with. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it's kind of catchy, but um, I was gonna say on the note of uh, Bojan Bogdanovich in Indiana, we you know we saw him. It, he was definitely very effective, and he was also in a place where Oladipo was out, is what we remember his his usage under. He's going to a situation where you've got a Donovan Mitchell and a Rudy Gobert first team. Yeah, they won't be afraid to sling it to the wing. But, you know, the Joe Ingles role. Yeah, the Utah Joes. <laughs> That's good. I, they don't have jazz in Utah, so I think they should change the name of the Utah Joes. Everybody, like as every basketball hipster's favorite player is Joe Ingles. Okay, we have been talking for a little bit. Let's uh, go into, do you have any final thoughts you want to uh, put out there on the season? It's just beginning, some DFS thoughts, some players to watch out for. I personally say, well, first of all, in terms of going on the, the extension of sleepers, uh, Maxi Kleber, also a promising player in Dallas because another one we mentioned was Tim Hardaway. I I really like what I saw of mm-hmm. him towards the end of last year. He's going undrafted in 10 team leagues. That's yeah. I might have to go take a look at that because I mean, if you, okay, 2017, 2018, he averaged 16.8 minutes a game last year. He was up five, nearly six minutes. 
And he, yeah, while his points aren't the highest, 6.8, you know, he's averaging 3.9 rebounds per game with his time. He's almost a 600 uh, two-point percent shooter. And then, granted, he's not going to shoot the three much. But I I like his presence uh, under the basket. He's – and he, he actually runs with uh, Luca quite well, in my opinion. So he's, he's just one that I would keep my eye on. Uh, going to uh, a DFS note, the, I would say always don't be afraid to be contrarian. Uh, and by that, I mean mo- most of you who are playing DFS are probably uh, playing in big tournaments um, I I would just say the some of these names that we're talking about don't be afraid to roster. I know that's a, a vague thing, but like so, OG Ananobi, I can tell you right now is in my Tuesday roster, and I'm good with it. A lot of people probably want to see star-studded names in their roster. You can check out our articles uh, that I'll be one of the runs writing over at Sports Gambling Podcast this this season, and look into some sleeper picks there. Okay, I hope you all enjoyed our second episode of NBA Odds Pod. Please follow Sports Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Spotify. And while you're at it, subscribe on iTunes and rate and review us. Since you're online anyway, take a little extra time and go follow Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network and follow me at the Ryan McKee and go check me out on BetSports at McKee. Yes, I am an early adopter on BetSports. I grab that sweet handle just at McKee. I'm like Tom from MySpace, which a lot of you might not remember because you're younger. Uh, have a have a great first week of NBA action. I'll be back next week with all new content and all new show. I hope uh, all your bets win. I hope. You aren't caught in the middle of the Bogdan Bogdanovich versus the Bohan Bogdanovich blood feud.